All right. Let's have a word of prayer and, and uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, we're, we're so thankful that you love us and that you bless us, bless us with salvation, bless us with uh, this kind of fellowship where we can come together and study your word and corporately uh, worship you. And Lord, we, we do just want to thank you for your grace, your mercy towards us. Lord, thank you for using us in your kingdom work. And Lord, as we uh, consider these passages that we'll be looking at tonight, um, Lord, we're asking that you grant understanding, lead us in our discussion, and Lord, um, use this study of your truth to grow us in your grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use it for our good and ultimately for your honor and glory. We thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, any, any questions on any of this so far from, from the last couple of weeks? Or even from this morning. If somebody's got a question on this morning, we can deal with that before we go. Before we move along. All right. Um, well, let's look at this again. We, we read it a couple weeks ago, and uh, just kind of, I just, like I said, I'm, just, I'm really just using this uh, as an easy way of introducing the, the topic. I mean, he, what, this is just a brief treatment overview, but, but I think it'll help us, you know, as we, as we move on. Um, so so that's, that's really what I was using it for. Although, like, as I said last week, um, we focused in on the fact, and it's going to mention this here, but last week we focused in on the fact that these terms, that we're, we're, we're talking about biblical eldership. That's the, that's the topic. And the overall topic, what, we're, what we plan on looking at over the next several weeks or, or a month, couple months maybe, is, the, is church life, life of the church. So, so part of that is... is um, what we call church polity, church structure. Um, Excited! I know everyone, everybody's on the edge of their seats now talking about church polity. Um, so, and part of that is eldership, church. What are what are biblical elders? And so that's what we're looking at specifically these these um, last couple weeks and tonight. Um, so again, I thought this would just be a good good kind of uh, introduction. Um, this this comes from. Uh, the website of Grace Community Church, as you can see, that is John MacArthur's church. He's the pastor of out in out in uh, California. So, so uh, it's just a concise treatment, but it's it's helpful, I think. But but I told you a couple weeks ago when we read it that we'd come back through it slower because what we really want to do is consider what the Scripture says, right? So that's what we'll we'll begin to do tonight, Lord willing, and uh, and take a look at some of the uh, the references that are given here, and then we may have some others as well. So, I'm going to back up um, to the first paragraph, and we'll probably really kind of focus in on the second one. Biblically, the focal point of all church leadership is the elder. An elder is one of a plurality of biblically qualified men who jointly shepherd and oversee a local body of believers. And let me just interject this again, and we'll, we'll look at uh, some, ex- some examples of this in a moment. But, but last week, I kind of made the point that these terms, elder, Overseer, pastor, shepherd. Actually, pastor and shepherd are translations of the same Greek word. Um, it, it means to shepherd, but but um, we 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 mostly use the word pastor. That comes from the Latin translation, actually. Um, but th- but those are all describing the same one and the same 
function, one and the same office, if you want to use the term office. So, so when you hear the term elder, it's talking about pastor. And when you hear, hear the term pastor, it's talking about elder or overseer, all, all the same. And, and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll zero in on that um, in a moment in, in the Scripture. So, that, so the word translated elder is used nearly 20 times in Acts in, in the epistles in reference to this unique group of leaders who have responsibility for overseeing the people of God, the office of elder. As numerous passages in the New Testament indicate, the words elder, presbyteros in the Greek, overseer, episkopos in the Greek, and pastor, poimain in the Greek, all refer to the same office. In other words, overseers and pastors are not distinct from elders. The terms are simply different ways of identifying the same people. The qualifications for an overseer, episkopos in 1 Timothy 3, 1-7, and those for an elder, presbyteros in Titus 1, 6-9, are unmistakably parallel. In fact, and we'll, and we'll be examining those too, Lord willing. I'm not sure if we'll get to them tonight, but we'll, we'll plan on looking at those. Um, in fact, in Titus 1, Paul uses both terms to refer to the same man, Presbyteros in verse 5 and Episcopos in verse 7. In other words, elder in verse 5 and overseer in verse 7. All three terms are used interchangeably in Acts 20. In verse 17, Paul assembled, and this is the one that we're going to look at in just a few minutes. All three terms are used interchangeably in Acts 20. In verse 17, Paul assembles all the elders, Presbyteros, of course it's plural there, of the church of Ephesus to give them his farewell message. In verse 28, he says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God. 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2 brings all three terms together as well. Peter writes, Therefore I exhort the elders among you, uh, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God. The different terms then indicate various features of ministry, not varying levels of authority or separate offices, as some churches espouse. Uh, so what he's saying is, I mean, they're, they're emphasizing various aspects of the same, same office or function. Um, just sheds a little different light, the different words to do. So let's look at Acts 20 for starters. Acts chapter 20. And this is um, Paul's farewell to the elders at Ephesus. You may, may remember us dealing with this when we went through Acts recently. Of course, it's been a while since we were in chapter 20, but uh, a few months back. Here Paul calls the, the elders of the church at Ephesus to meet with him at Miletus. He's, he is on, his, uh, on a return trip on one of his missionary journeys. He's making his way back to Jerusalem. And he calls for the, for the elders of the church at Ephesus to meet with him because, he, as he says here, he's not, he knows he's not going to see them again. And he wants to leave them some final instructions. So you see that in verse 17. Now from Miletus... He sent to Ephesus and called the elders, and notice 
Um, again, this is one of the things we're going to be pointing out here is the plurality. So notice the term there is plural, right? He called the elders plural of the church, singular, to come to him. And when they came to him, he said. Now, for, for the point we're making tonight, I think I'm going to skip down here. Um, yeah, well, we'll go ahead and read it. We'll just read on down. We're, we're looking for verse 28 here, but we'll read down to it. You yourselves know, verse 18, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you, None of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, all of you. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Now, here's, here's where we're focusing in on his, his, uh, his exhortation here. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Okay. A um, couple of things here. In verse 17, notice that Paul is addre- who Paul is addressing here. He's addressing the elders, all right, from Ephesus. All right. So again, what we're look, what the idea that we're looking at here is that these terms, these terms we've been talking about, elder, overseer, shepherd, are synonymous. So this is just one passage that I think bears that out. So verse 17, he's he's addressing the elders. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. Now we get down to verse 28. And he's addressing the elders and he says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So there's, there's the second term. And the uh, third one's going to be shepherd or pastor. Alright, so you got elders and so far we've got elders and overseers and he's referring to the same group of people. Pay careful attention to, the, to, the, to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church. Now, I'm, I'm reading here from the, from the uh, English Standard Version. So, so it translates our third term, to care for. Um, but I believe the, the old King James there uses the word shepherd. Is that, who's got the old King James? Ronnie, you got that? All right, to feed. That's what it is. So... And the KJV is it's to feed. It's, it's, this is the verb form. Sometimes, sometimes it'll be a, a, 
um, like in Ephesians 4.11, we looked at last week, you got the noun form. Uh, God, God gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Um, that term pastors in, uh, in Ephesians 4.11 is the noun form. Here, this is the, the verb form. So in King James, it's translated to feed. Um, and as I said, in the, in the English standard, it's to care for. So, so it's, just, it's using the verb form to describe the function of the, of the elders and, and overseers. What they do is, uh, is feed the flock or shepherd the flock. Jesus uses that same, that same verb in, in John when uh, he says to Peter, do you, do you love me? This is you know, when he's restoring Peter after his resurrection. And he, he appears to Peter and says, do you love me? Peter says, uh, yes, Lord, you know that, that I love you. He says three times. Yeah, he uses different. Let me get over there real quick because I don't want to tell you wrong on which which one's which. But yeah, that's John 21 and uh, starting in verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, that is, Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Okay, that's that's one word. Bosque means to feed or to keep. Keep my lambs. He's verse sixteen. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. At the end of verse sixteen. Now that's the verb, same verb that's used here. Poimene, to feed or to tend or to shepherd. You could use the term shepherd. Because again, the noun the noun form is the is the word shepherd, or again, if you use the Latin variation, it's pa, is pastor, where we get our word pastor. So he's he's saying pastor the sheep, feed the sheep, tend the sheep. Here it's um, elders, overseers, um, take heed to yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Pay careful attention, or tend, or feed the flock. Um, Take care for the church of God. Yeah, feed or tend the church of God, which, which he obtained with his own blood. All right, so Jesus says, tend my sheep in, the, in John 21, 16. Then in verse 17, he goes back to the first verb again. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And then there again, it's the term uh, bosque, the, the one that he uses in verse 15. So the one, the one that, we're, that we're seeing here is, is used in verse 16 by Jesus there. Tend, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep. So it's, it's the verb form of pastor, like I say, which is the one we, we more commonly use. All right? So elders, overseers, pastor, um, all the same, it's, they're synonymous, referring to the same thing. And as I mentioned last week, the only, the only place I, uh, in the New Testament where the noun form refers to uh, Christian leadership is, is in Ephesians 4.11. There, there are other places where the noun form is used, but it's always referring to Jesus. And like he says in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. Uh, Peter talks about the chief shepherd. He's referring to Jesus. But uh, as, as far as referring to church leadership, 
The only time it's used is in Ephesians 4.11. Same, same, uh, same word, just the noun form. Here it's the verb form. All right, so you got elders in verse 17. In verse 28, they are referred to as overseers, and then they are instructed to pastor the church of God. Tend the church of God, or pastor the church of God. All right. Same thing, or similar, in 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, 12. I'm sorry. 1 Peter 5, 1. I knew something wasn't looking right there. 1 Peter 5, 1. Peter says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God. Same thing Paul says in Acts 20.28. Again, the verb form, shepherd, or tend, or feed the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. That's that's the um, same term from overseer. So, like I said last week, the term elder is the, is the, the Greek presbyteros, where we get our word Presbyterian or presbytery or something like that. Uh, overseer is the term episkopos, where we get our our word episcopalian, episcopal. Um, and then pastor is poimain, um, pastor, shepherd, feed, tend. All right. So again, you see you see all three of those terms. Uh, used in this in this one passage, referring to the same the same function, the same office. I exhort elders among you, as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker of the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd, pastor of the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Let's see, that is actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a verb form there. That's a uh, oversight. That's a participle. Exercising oversight. All right. So so what is the and, and all of these things? Like I say, you're, you're you're getting a little bit different nuance with the different words. So it, it helps define um, what an elder does or what a pastor does. What's he do? Shepherd, tend, right? Feed, oversee. I mean, from from the very words, you get you get some job description. Just from just from the different um, from the different aspects that are that are uh, embedded in the different words. Okay. Any questions on either one of those? Acts twenty or First Peter five? Pretty clear, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to the next paragraph here on the on the uh, on the sheet here. A plurality of elders, and I, and I pointed out in, uh, in fact, in both of those passages, um, you, you can see that the term is plural in, in Acts 20.17 and then here in 1 Peter 5.1, I exhort the elders among you. All right, so a plurality of elders. The consistent pattern throughout the New Testament is that each local body of believer is shepherded by a plurality of God-ordained elders. Simply stated, this is the only pattern for church leadership given in the New Testament. Nowhere in Scripture does one find a local assembly ruled by a majority opinion, ruled by a majority opinion or by a single pastor. 
the Apostle Paul left Titus in Crete and instructed him to appoint elders in every city. We'll, we'll look at that in a moment. James instructed his readers to call for the elders of the church to pray for those who are sick, James 5:14. Of course, his point here in both of those cases is that it's a plurality, elders, plural. When Paul and Barnabas were in Derbe, Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, they appointed elders for them in every church. That's Acts 14:23. In Paul's first epistle to Timothy, the apostle referred to the elders who rule well at the church at Ephesus, 1 Timothy 5:17, and then also Acts 20:17, where we just were. Where Paul, in Acts 20:17, where Paul addresses the elders of the church at Ephesus. The book of Acts indicates that there were elders at the church in Jerusalem. Acts 11.30, 15.2, 15.4, and 21.18. Again and again, references made to a plurality of elders in each of the various churches. In fact, every place in the New Testament where the term presbyteros, elder, is used, it is plural except where the Apostle John uses it of himself in 2 John in Second and Third John, and where Peter uses it of himself in First Peter five one, which is what we read just a moment ago. Nowhere in the New Testament is there a reference to a one pastor congregation. It may be that each elder in the city had an individual group in which he had specific oversight, but the church was seen as one church, and decisions were made by collective process, and in reference to the whole, not the individual parts. In other passages, references made to plurality of elders, even though the word presbyteros itself is not used. In the opening greeting of his epistle to the Philippians, Paul refers to the overseers, episcopos, and deacons at the church of Philippi. It's Philippians 1-2. In Acts 20-28, Paul warned the elders of the church of Ephesus, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which God has made you overseers, plural, so both, both terms there are plural in, Act, in, in Acts 20. Elders in verse 17, uh, overseers in verse 28. The writer of Hebrews called his readers to obey and submit to the leaders who kept watch over their souls, Hebrews 13:17. Paul exhorted his Thessalonian readers to appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, 1 Thessalonians 5.12. A clear reference to the overseers in the Thessalonian assembly. Much can be said for the benefits of leadership made up of a plurality of godly men. Their combined counsel and wisdom helps assure the decision are not self-willed or self-serving to a single individual. Proverbs 11.14. If there is division among the elders in making decisions, all the elders should study, pray, and seek the will of God together until consensus is achieved. In this way... The unity and harmony that the Lord desires for the church will will begin with those individuals he has appointed to shepherd his flock. Okay, so that last paragraph there, he's just giving some uh, 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 reasons for for it, you know, just application in terms of um, wisdom behind it. All right, so let's back up to Titus 1.5. He mentions at the top of the page here. And we'll look at that. Titus 1 5. 
Okay, verse 4, he says, To Titus, my true child, and the common faith. And this, of course, is Paul writing. See that in verse 1. Paul, servant of God, apostle of Jesus Christ. Grace, verse 4, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. All right, in the paragraph we just, in the page we just read, rather, um, the reason they give the reference here is just to point out the fact that the, the term is plural, so you see that in verse 5. And there's a couple things here, really, I want to mention, but um, that's one. This Paul says to, to Titus, This is why I left you in Crete, that, so that you might put what remain in order and appoint elders. So, so he instructed Titus to appoint elders uh, in, at the, in the church at Crete. As I directed you, he says. And then he goes on, and we'll have to uh, probably come back to the qualifications later, but he goes on to list uh, qualifications here, um, which you find in 1 Timothy 3, and then also here in Titus 1. And Lord willing, we'll, like I say, we'll come back to those later and take a closer look, <coughs> excuse me, closer look at those. All right, so, um, and what's Paul doing here with Titus? Well, he says, I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained, what, what he left, you know, or, you know, when, when, he, uh, when he went through, what was um, the term here means like what, what's lacking or what's falling short, to, to put it in order, he says. To, and that term can also be translated like to straighten out or correct. So I left you in Crete so that you might put things in order, straighten it out, correct it by doing what? Appointing elders in every town as I directed you. And again, plurality of of elders mentioned there. Look at um, James 5.14. It's a familiar passage, praying for the sick, instruction for praying for the sick. James 5.13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. All right. Um, Interesting passage, isn't it? So notice there, as, as they're pointing out on the sheet, term elders, again, presbyteros, um, is plural, church, singular, right? And it assumes something here, doesn't it? Paul, Paul's, uh, or Paul, James' instruction assumes something here, doesn't it? When he, says, when he says, call for the elders, if anyone's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. He's assuming some things, and, and one is that, that there are elders in the church, just, just, like, he, just like Paul had instructed um, Titus to go in, in Crete and appoint elders. Acts 14, it talks about um, Paul and his company doing that, going, appointing elders in every city. So when James gives instruction, and James was also an elder, when James gives instruction to the church for uh, what to do when somebody's sick, uh, 
he says, call for the elders. So he's assuming that in the church there is a body of elders. Um, another thing that's, that's important we've talked about before, um, one of those things kind of goes without saying, but maybe it helps to say it. Um, they know who they are. It's like when, when Titus follows Paul's instruction, he's, he's appointing elders. That means they're recognized. They're recognized by him. They're recognized by the church. They know who they are. So you've got a, a body of elders, and the congregation knows who these people are. That's, if they, if they, don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know who to call for. So that's, that's assumed in the instruction. Why do you suppose, you know, here, just a, a side thought on, on, on his instruction here. Well, why do you suppose we don't, we don't see this happen a lot? Calling for the elders to pray for the sick. Now, some churches you do, some, some you don't. Well, that's one. <laughs> right, that's, that's one. Not necessarily a right answer. I mean, I'm just asking. Because something to think about, isn't it? Because you got, you got, instruction here to do it. But, but yeah, you do. Number one, like I say, that's assumed that, you, that you've got the body of elders in place and that you know who they are or else you can't call for them. But, you know, we, Leslie and I, and, and I'm just, like I say, I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit here, I guess, but Leslie and I started out um, as far as uh, in the ministry and everything in, in, in charismatic circles, all right? So he had prayer for the sick all the time, all the time, all the time. But rarely... Was it, was it done like Paul instructs here? Uh, usually, <laughs> what, was, what was done uh, and what is done, I mean, I see it, I see it uh, or hear of it being done. What is done a lot of times at the end of the service, you know, they have like a prayer line. People come down and get prayed for. Well, that's not what Paul said to do. Those who are sick call for the elders, and they go and pray for them. He didn't, he didn't tell the elders, look, when, you know, preach a message and then have a prayer line. And pray for all the sick. So it's just, it's just uh, something to think about. It's, it's, it's actually, you know, uh, on the part of the sick person, uh, it, it shows some uh, um, confidence in, in the way that the Lord does things and, and uh, o- obedience to uh, the instruction here. And on the part of the elders, you know, it just shows a willingness to serve and, and, and pray and, and do um, what, what they're being asked to do. Correct. Yeah, it's just like, all right, like like I was saying a moment ago. There's, don't think in in different terms of. Uh, in other words, an elder is a pastor, and a pastor is an elder. So so I mean, don't don't think like it's a, it's a it's a different definition. So so just like right now, how do, how do you think of a God ordained pastor? I mean, how would you do, just using your own question? What would you say is a God ordained pastor? He's been called, and the church. Went, yeah, so so he he's he's saying the pastor's saying I'm God has called me, you know, and 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 then the church recognizes that, right? Because I I mean, in other words, he can't just. I mean, somebody can't just walk in and say, you know what, God's called me to be pastor of this church, and so, um, you know, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> God's called him, okay, that's part of it, but also the congregation has to affirm that. 
different churches have different means of doing it, and there's all kinds of methods out there, some biblical and some not. And, yeah, the existing leadership, along with the congregation, would have to affirm that. It depends on the, like I say, a lot of churches do it different ways. I mean, it, it's, some, of them, some of them do that and some of them don't. There, there are different ways, which, you know, we haven't got into all those nuances yet, but there, 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 one thing I should probably say, that there, there is a lot of leeway here, you know, because there's no, there's no scriptural passage that says, okay, here's A, B, C, D, here's exactly how you go about this, right? So, so there's a lot of leeway, a lot of, a lot of room for uh, seeking wisdom and, and applying scriptural principles and, and, and working things out uh, in terms of what's best for that particular body uh, while you're applying scriptural principles. Um, so, yeah, there's just not that. There's not a, there's not a clear cut, okay, here, here's exactly how that plays out. Um, so there's a lot of leeway, leeway on these things, but, but, the, but the basics are there. You, know, you got you got in as far as leadership you got a body of elders. Now, who exactly does what? You got, most of you knew Rex Blankenship, all right? That he was um, the congregation that he that he pastored. You know, he was considered the senior pastor or whatever. Um, they were it was a, their their um, mode of government there. Their polity was elder rule, all right? So they had a body of elders. I, I think it was, I don't remember specifically, I think probably five or six men. Still are, Springs of Grace Baptist Church. He's just not there anymore. But um, they were elder-ruled congregation. Um, but he did all of the Sunday, well, I say all of it, the majority of, this, of the, of the pre- pulpit preaching. He did the majority of it. And if you've heard Rex preach, I mean, you know he was, he was very gifted uh, in, in that way, he did very little counseling. Had other guys, another one guy in particular that did all of the like marriage counseling and all of that stuff that was on the elder board. Um, and then other guys handled other responsibilities. Now I'm not saying that that's the way it should be in every case, but I'm just saying they had it they had it worked out uh, based on their individual gifting, uh, you know, to 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 uh, get stuff done in, in the best. In the best way. True too. Yeah, and good point. That the, the need determined. You know, they had to come up with a solution for the need. Um, of course, too. You know, remember, remember too. That was that was in the. Uh, you know, like the, the church is is brand new. So these things were be, were beginning to take shape in those early uh, stages in the Book of Acts. When you get further in. You know, like like we're talking about Acts 14 and Acts 20. Okay, now they they've got elders in place in all of the churches and and deacons and deaconesses um, in in the churches. But that had to that had to come about. So, uh, like in terms of deacons, I, I think you in Acts 6 you could probably see those uh, view those as the first deacons, or or at least kind of a forerunner to it. Um, and and yeah, and that's how it came about. Uh, and then, and then after that, you know, it developed into the office of deacon. It's not required to be. <clears throat> well, deacon's not required to be. Could be a teacher, you know, but but he's not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
but but that's a good point. And we'll, and we'll get to that when we talk about qualifications. But but yeah, that's the dis- that's the primary distinction between elders or pastors and deacons. Um, elders, pastors, overseer, whichever term you want to use, uh, are required to teach. That's 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 part of the qualifications. We'll, we'll, that's one of the things we want to do, Lord willing. Maybe next Sunday is, is look at the uh, qualifications in First Timothy three and in Titus one. But but I'm glad you pointed that out because that's that's the main distinction. So when we get there, watch for that. The the elders are required to teach. So we're not we're not talking about when we talk about board of elders, we're not just talking about good businessmen. Okay, uh, I mean if 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 they're good businessmen, I guess that's an an added plus. But that's not in the requirements. So we're not, you know, oh, man, he's president of the bank. He'd make a good elder. No, 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 no. If, he's a, if, he, if he meets the criteria, it doesn't matter if he's president of the bank, mechanic, warehouse worker, whatever. If, if, if he meets the criterion in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, that, that's what would qualify him to, to be an elder. So now on top of that, if he's got other gifting, that's, like I say, that's a plus. Uh, but, uh, you know. Especially if he's a good, you know, plumber, AC guy, or something like that. <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Okay. Um, we're about out of time here. Let me just see if I'm leaving anything critical out here. Any more questions before we before we quit? And, we, and that's what we'll plan we'll plan to do next Sunday night is look at the qualifications. Uh, so if you want to read ahead on that, look at 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Any other thoughts or questions on what we've been talking about so far? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, any, any Christian. In other words, you, you don't have two classes of Christians. No. If you are born again... <laughs> You've got access to the throne of grace because Jesus opened up the way. And uh, you don't have to have a, uh, you know, a title in front of your name or behind your name or whatever. Um, if, if, if you're born again, if you're in Christ, um, then you come, the writer of Hebrews says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Uh, that's, that's an awesome statement when you think about it because uh, under the old covenant, they were struck down immediately for going into the Holy of Holies. And the writer of Hebrews tells us, come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace. I think it could apply to both. I think he's talking about, or I took it to be physical, but I think it would apply to either. Um, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? And I think the uh, the, the, the it, it, it could probably apply, but I think the term there just means like infirm. Um, let him call for the elders of the church. Let let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, now there's the spiritual aspect, and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. But um, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I wouldn't limit it <laughs> to one. Uh, you know, I think it just uh, it would apply to both. Why call for the elders? Well, they, because they are given the oversight, shepherd the flock of God. 
They, they are given the oversight of the flock. So, so it's their responsibility. And one thing you're going to see when, when we go um, through the, the uh, requirements, through the criteria, really everything there is what, with the exception of, of having to teach, everything that's there is what every Christian should be, right? Don't be a drunkard. Don't be a brawler. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be self-controlled. I mean, the, these are qualities that really should characterize every Christian. So D.A. Carson likes to say one of the most extraordinary things about the requirements for elder is that they are so ordinary. You know? But, but you know, you, you have to have that. Now, we'll see that when we get there. But you have to have that. that um, those characters have to be there. You have to have that lifestyle. Anything else? All right. Well, we'll just dismiss with a word of prayer. Brother Freddie, would you mind praying for us? And, and we'll dismiss.